10, 15. Back up field at the 35 to the 40. 45, 50. Pass the 50. 35, 40. Pass the 30. To the 20. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. Hello again, everyone. This is the Old Cows Dry. This is your host, Tim Highland, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mike Unger. Mike, I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> with just with life in general? Yes, yes. <laughs> it <laughs> happens. We're recording this on a Wednesday instead of our normal Monday because there were some personal issues Timmy was dealing with and uh, as well as some professional ones. But we're here now. Don't worry, Tim. It's only three days till Saturday. And then everything will be right with the world again. I have to say, like, Mike, you know, I told you, like, I, I've had a, I had a fairly big work event this week, and it was weighing on me so much. And we got done with that event, but it was a Tuesday night event. I woke up Wednesday and I was like, this should be Friday. Oh, we- no doubt. A t- yeah. Tuesday night event. Those, those words should never go together. <laughs> no. Anyway, so I'm trying to hang in. I told you. My phone got destroyed today, so like now I'm waiting for my phone to come in, and it's like <laughs> a helpless feeling. But here I am on the podcast, Mike. So I'm trying to stay positive. How are you, Mike? Are you ha- are you having a truly during this broadcast? Yes. What do you have? All right, good, good. I am gonna have a little. I'm having a little bourbon. Nice. What 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 brand, Mike? Uh, it's called uh, First Call, I believe. First Call. Uh, that I might be, I may be wrong on it. I got it on Saturday as a gift from noted listener Brent. Um, yeah, first call. Uh, it's it's really good, and I have to admit to you and all the listeners that I lied on last week's podcast about <laughs> my plans because there was a surprise party for noted listener Brent, and because he is a noted listener, he religiously listens to the podcast on Friday, so I could not reveal my plans. Uh, for Saturday, which actually were to go up to the Delaware Park uh, Sportsbook, Horse Track, and Casino, surprise him, and spend all day watching college football and betting on it and betting on horse racing. Um, so what is the scene there at Delaware Park? Is it is it is it like straight horse racing? Is it carriage racing? Is there are there dogs involved or no? No, no dogs involved. It was the final day of actual live thoroughbred racing, just regular horses. I went five for six on my bets on these on these horses, Tim. Nice. I, I bet I bet only wins, and I bet only based on the name. First horse that I bet was called Crabs and Beer. <laughs> so I, I I mean that was an omen right there, and I ended up going five for six. Won a lot of money on college football as well. Watched my Hoosiers lose to Michigan State, of course, um, but then at the end, loaded up on Alabama, my lock of the week, and they came through for me. So it was a spectacular uh, 50th birthday party for brent and uh 46th birthday for me so it was a fun day right oh it was a tremendous day it was a great day the, the picture you sent of like all the tvs was like wow that's a bonanza of college football <laughs> not only could you watch every college football game you could watch every horse race from every track across the united states 
<laughs> Very nice. All right, Mike, the week in review, you ready? Yep. All right, starting right away. Number nine, Oregon uh, 24, Cal 17. I think we discussed this game last week, and I thought Cal had a chance, and they did, Mike. Yeah, yeah, we did. You did say that. Um, Oregon just keeps holding on. I think what's going to be interesting is if Oregon continues to win in unimpressive fashion and Ohio State blitzkriegs its way through the Big Ten, as I'm, I fear they may, what will happen at the end of the season if you have a one-loss Big Ten champion Ohio State and a one-loss Big Ten or Pac-12 champion Oregon with a head-to-head win over Ohio State? That would be a fascinating scenario. It's not fascinating because you know what's going to happen. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that the committee would really have to uh, suspend disbelief, I think, to put Ohio State in uh, over Oregon uh, in that scenario. But I, I think you and I both agree that's what they would do. Uh, number one, Georgia 30. Number 11, Kentucky 13. So I thought coming into this game that Kentucky had a shot. I said last week, and I – I think this win kind of confirmed it. Like Georgia is not a super dynamic offensive team. They're not. But a win like this to me, they were in control the entire time. They were. And I just think Georgia right now is clearly number one in the country, right? They are. There's not there's not a debate. They're the they're the best team in the country right now. The game was somewhat close into the third quarter, but Georgia uh, you know, just imparted its will and pulled away. Uh, very uh, uh, sneaky backdoor cover by Kentucky with a late touchdown to get in under the number by a half point. A great stat about the dogs, a courtesy of a uh, noted listener, Brian Schlater, longtime listener. Uh, Georgia opponents have lost yards as, and ended up punting it behind the original marker. 16% of their drives against the dogs' defense. <laughs> and only scored points on 10% of the drives. He was very proud of that stat. I promised uh, that I'd pass it along. It is, it is an impressive stat. Mike, you're a big baseball guy, right? Uh, I love baseball, and I'm watching the Astros pound the Red Sox right now as we speak. Before I switch over to Washington Wizards basketball, it's that time of the podcast, Tim, <laughs> where I watch Wizards games while we record the podcast. I can't wait. So I asked you the question because I am a sucker for a wonderful, like one, nothing baseball game with a great pitching performance. I'm a mm-hmm. sucker in soccer for, I love Italian soccer, which is uh, a nil nil tie. That is your favorite. That's how yeah, you, it's just like, I love you tried to hook me on the sport defensive playing soccer. And I love a great defensive team in college football. It's, it is definitely, if you really love a sport, a great defense is better than a great offense, Mike. That's my stance. Yeah, you're, you're a bit of a contrarian as well, but I, I agree with you. I love all those things as well. Uh, Mike, Purdue 24, number two, Iowa 7. So I told you last week, and I think you were a little dubious with this, that I was not buying Iowa coming off the win over Penn State. The offense was just not there, and yeah. I thought Penn State was moving the ball very well on – that Iowa defense, it was so vaunted. I'm sorry. This is a, a glaringly um, exposing issues for Iowa loss. Purdue is not a great team, but they also controlled this game, Mike. Yeah, I mean, the stat that was going around, uh, 
is that Purdue had outgained all its opponents all season long. They just made uh, the mistakes that cost them in terms of turnovers. And uh, Aiden O'Connell and David Bell didn't do that this time. We saw, we all season long we were wondering what was going to happen to Iowa if they couldn't dominate the turnover battle, and we saw that. You know, they they I think there were four uh, interceptions for the Iowa offense. Uh, Petrus looked terrible, and this game wasn't really close. Purdue dominated this game, exposing Iowa. I think the the fact that Iowa made it to number two in the rankings was, I mean, anyone who watched them play, yes, their defense was very impressive, and they had some nice wins. But with that offense, they were nowhere near the second best team in the country. So, a nice win for Purdue. It hate uh, you know make it pains me to say it, but a nice win for the Boilers. Uh, a tough loss for the Big Ten, the Big Ten West, which is uh, as bad a division I think as the Big Ten East is good. By the way, uh, David Bell, what a game he had! But two yeah, yeah, two. Oh. yeah, he was he was catching everything on that vaunted Iowa secondary too. Um. Number 10, Sparty, 20, Indiana, 15. So I, I saw a lot of this game, Mike. I thought yeah. your boys, like, really battled really hard. I think they played one of their best games of the year. I just think Sparty's better. <laughs> I think you're right. They outgained Michigan State. Michigan State had, I believe, it was less than 50 yards uh, of offense in the first half. They did have a, a, pick, a pick six, which killed IU. IU had a missed field goal. Uh, the Hoosiers came back in the, in the second half, scored a touchdown to get within two. Then they scored, they called a terrible uh, two-point conversion play, so that that didn't succeed. They were still down two, and and Michigan State stalled it away. It, it was a typical Indiana pre-2019 game in that they played well, but you just knew they weren't going to win. And that's unfortunately and sadly enough the story of the Hoosiers' season. Now they also were getting four or four and a half points and ended up losing by five, thus not covering. Um, but that did not affect me because it, uh, I just wanted to enjoy the game. Didn't want to fret about my ticket. So I did not bet on IU. Number 12, Okie State, 32. Number 25, Texas, 24. So I know I assigned homework to our audience last week. Like, let's, let's all watch Okie State. <laughs> I must admit, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> Every time you you de you declare decree that everyone must must watch the cowpokes, you never watch them yourself. Uh, I watched a lot of this game. It was on, of course, as every game was in the sports book. Um, and Texas, boy, they had the lead. They had control of the game, much like they did against Oklahoma, but they just couldn't salt it away. And uh, their defense uh, wilted late in the game and, and Oklahoma state continues to be undefeated. And it just looks like yet another season. They can change coaches as many times as they want. Now they're a three loss team. I, I bet they have at least one more loss in them to the horns. And uh, it's, it's just business as usual down there in Austin. Like I know last year, this is my thing. And you were very anti my Texas is pit thing, but I'm sorry, Texas is pit. They are. Well, not this year. Pitt is better than Texas probably this year. <laughs> but again, my contention is Texas is Pitt. They are. They I'll are. give it to you this year. Yes. Um, this one. Mike, did you see number 13, Ole Miss, 31, Tennessee, 26? Did Sadly, you? I did not. But that was a night game, and we uh, we were on to different activities at that point. Uh in the evening. I did not see it, but of course I, I read and heard all about it. 
Um, I, let's just say this off the bat, though, Tim. We're obviously both against fans throwing crap on the field. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyone with half a brain is against it. Those people are morons in any scenario. I don't care why they do it. But we don't have to give devote more time to it. I think everyone on all the media we've read and watched has really enjoyed uh, you know, showing their morality by uh, by decreeing this type of decrying this type of behavior. Let's just say we obviously are against it and move on. <laughs> I have to say, though, I have to say. So I've said on the show before, before the Oregon trip, my favorite trip was Tennessee. I yeah. love Tennessee. I, I love the fans. I love the stadium. I love all about it. They were terrible back then, but that's fine, right? But the you could get a sense of the. They love that team. They love them. Yeah. This was an embarrassing moment for them. Of course uh, it was, yeah. And I will also say, I thought Lane Kiffin handled it wonderfully. He, Absolutely. Yeah, he, his, interviews were, his interviews were outstanding. The fact that he caught that water bottle thrown at him as he was walking <laughs> off the field was amazing. Um, I think it helped, of course, that, that Ole Miss won. What, what kind of lane would we have seen if they lost? Uh, I don't know. But uh, I agree. He handled it with class, with humor, and uh, kind of lightheartedly. The water bottles to me were one thing. The golf ball is an issue. Like, what if that hit him in the head? In the temple, or like, I mean, what about some, a, someone standing next to him? <laughs> who brings a golf ball to a football game? Like, I know. Well, who brings who brings a, a thing of mustard to a football game? There's a lot of odd things that were, <laughs> the that were thrown on the field there. By the, by the way, I've been hit by a golf ball. I was standing in the fairway. I had I had hit a rare drive right down the middle, and I was I was standing in the fairway, my own fairway, uh, about to hit my approach shot, and all of a sudden I heard this like, and it was a someone else from a parallel fairway who sliced the hell out of their ball. It hit me in the side. Luckily, it hit me in my fatty side of my of my stomach and uh i had a bruise that was i can't even describe the the different shades of purple and yellow that this bruise was for about a week and it it hurt like hell if that thing hit me in the side of the face uh i think i might it could shatter your like cheekbone right uh, right it, it's that's that's like uh that's that should be a felony throwing a golf ball at somebody like that definitely um so <laughs> Well, just focus on the game here now. LSU 49, number 20, Florida 42. I watched a lot of this game. All credit to LSU. Did not see this one coming either. No, no, did not see this one coming. I mean, I thought LSU might cover. Florida was double-digit favorite at at, uh, Death Valley, which I thought was a little crazy, and I did bet bet a little coin on LSU. But, uh, I mean – to, to the fact that they win this game by seven and then get rid of their coach, I, I thought was kind of some interesting timing. We'll get into that later, of course. But credit to LSU. Their players played really hard. Um, and after a whole season of absolutely not being able to run the ball, they ran the ball right down the throat of Florida. And uh, the Gators not been good the last couple of years uh, under Dan Mullen. And uh, at once Coach O goes next year, Dan Mullen could be in the Coach O hot seat. <laughs> I think it's definitely true. That conference, what a horrible life to be a coach in that conference. Unless you're <laughs> yeah. next year, right? I mean, unless you're in the unless you're in a perennial bottom third team, right? Like you're in at the Mississippi State or Arkansas or something like that, right? 
you then you're maybe given a year or two more but if you're in what, uh, what's considered an upper echelon part of the sec you get maybe like one bad year uh and that's it you get a you, you have a second one you're gone dude uh, number 21, Texas A&M, 35, Missouri, 14. All of a sudden, A&M's a thing, Mike. Yeah, impressive win. You could see letdown potential all over the place, right? They're playing kind of a, a sleepy team on the road, a noon start, and they came out and just took care of business. So I thought that was an impressive win by the Aggies. Uh, Mike, the top 25, you ready? Let's do it. It's your choice, coaches poll or AP? Let's go with the coaches poll. I'm familiar with the AP. I want to see if there are any differences in coaches poll at the bottom. All right. Drop from rankings, Florida, Arkansas, BYU, and Arizona State. Oh, poor Arkansas. They had their moment in the sun, but they are coming crashing back to reality right now. Receiving votes, Iowa State, Utah, Arkansas, BYU, Florida, Air Force, Louisiana, Arizona State, Purdue, Houston, Virginia, Texas, LSU, two votes. <laughs> oh, way to go, Tigers. That's funny. The reason I picked that is because Purdue is ranked in the AP poll, so I didn't want to hear Purdue being ranked. So I'm glad that they're not ranked in the, uh, in the other poll. Fresno State, one vote. All right, here we go. 25 through 21. 25, UTSA, 24, Clemson, 23, Pittsburgh, 22, Auburn, and 21, San Diego State. Props to UTSA, the Roadrunners getting ranked in the top 25. That's great. 20 through 16. Baylor, SMU, NC State, AM, and Coastal Carolina. Wow. Three out of five of those teams from Texas and Coastal Carolina playing Appy State as we speak, Timmy. Yes. Uh, Wake 15 through 10. Wake Forest, Kentucky, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Iowa, Oregon. What a bizarre listing of teams that is. If you looked at that before before the season, Wake Forest, Ole Miss, Iowa. I mean, that that's that's just crazy. Wake Forest, enjoy it while you can because I have a feeling they're the, they're the next Iowa that's gonna come crashing down. Nine through four, Okie State, Penn State. Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Bama. A lot of Big Ten flavor there, huh? Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, I know they play in a week from Saturday. It's going to be a fun game. Top three, Mike. Top three, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Georgia. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma really seems to be righted with this Caleb Williams situation, right? I mean, he looked great again against, uh, I believe, with TCU on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, as the season has progressed, we've been hashing out playoff scenarios and Oklahoma seems, seem to have been kind of forgotten about a little bit and, uh, no longer, they're definitely a factor in the playoffs, uh, situation. I will say this is the most insane year. What's happening now? Like it, it's wide open. It's wide open, right? It's so, it's so fun. I mean, I, the other day I was trying to, to, to list, you know, there are multiple, multiple uh, playoff contenders still alive in each conference. I mean, including the ACC when you talk about Wake Forest. But you look at the Big Ten, they have four uh, now possible. 
playoff contenders, pop maybe five if Iowa, you know, were to beat an Ohio State, go win the rest of their games and beat an Ohio State in the title game. Um, then you look at the at the uh, Big Twelve, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State still very much alive. Obviously, everybody in the SEC, and then you would still, uh, I would still consider Oregon a playoff contender. So there's so many, and Cincinnati we haven't even talked about. So there are so many teams that have a legitimate shot at the playoff here. I mean, obviously it's early. We're at about the halfway point of the season, but it's, it's been a, it's been the most entertaining first half of the college football season. I can remember in many years. So Mike, here we go. Um, this year we have, um, I think it's safe to say Clemson's out. Yep. Clemson is out. Mike, the only guarantee is George at this point. In the Big Ten, I think you definitely feel like Ohio State is like lingering danger, right? I certainly feel that way, yes. But in the Pac-12, is there someone? I still think Oregon has a chance. If Oregon were to win out and win the Pac-12 with only one loss and that win over Ohio State, to me, that's a playoff uh, legitimate resume. In the in the Big 12, what's that? You, you, were you Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? Very much alive. No doubt about that. I think more so Oklahoma they, State than Oklahoma. Well, I mean, if, if, they, if they both were to go undefeated, they play each other the last week of the season, um, and then they could easily play each other the, the week after that in the Big 12 championship game. And if one of those teams – sweeps the other uh to go undefeated they're in and oklahoma state could do it of course oklahoma more likely to do that but uh that that would be a fascinating scenario acc anybody in theory wake i mean if wake goes undefeated <laughs> Mike, I, mean, I know i know i really don't think they will as we'll get to later in the, in a later segment here in the show um but could you see any power five conference team going undefeated and not getting in the playoff. I don't think I could. Wake Forest would not get in the playoff. <laughs> Simply because they're Wake, they're Wake Forest. I mean, there is a, there is something to say about that. And then you, you, let's not forget about Cincinnati. And I think too, it's like, I think Cincinnati has a better chance than Wake Forest. You might be right. I mean, Cincinnati needs Notre Dame to keep winning. They need SMU to keep winning. Um, wouldn't wouldn't hurt them if Indiana got a win here along the way, but they're destroying people too. And I was having this conversation with actually Brent's brother on Saturday, who's a big college football fan as well. You know, as much as the committee can say that that style points don't matter, they're human beings. Style points do matter. I, I you know I think it's very important that Cincinnati continue to blow out these inferior teams that they're playing. They they took care of business in a big way against Temple. Then they did the same thing against UCF. They're at Navy this weekend. They're four touchdown favorite, but I think that could be a tricky game for them, even though it's not a great Navy team. But this committee is going to be looking for any reason to keep them out, right? They need to continue blowing out people, racking up the stats. And I think for them, style points matter. <laughs> That's crazy, Mike. Um, all right, um, Mike, news items. You ready? Mm-hmm. Coach O out at LSU. What are your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone could see it coming, right? 
I think what's interesting is you have all these stories coming out about, you know, his divorce and the way he acted with women. And, and to me, it kind of smells, smells like a, a smear campaign almost. Scott like Frost. These things, Scott Frost. Well, yes. Yeah, Scott Frost also. Yeah. It, it, it almost is like, you know, if, if obviously if they had been winning, then these things would be irrelevant, right? They're not, they're not so egregious that they were fireable offenses. Um, you know, I'm just wondering for him, it's, it was a dream come true, right? A Louisiana boy goes to Louis LSU and wins the national championship. I wonder how he'll be greeted back at LSU five, 10 years from now. Well, do you think it'll be as a hero? I hope so. Uh, because he did, he did lead that, that program to a national championship. Looking, looking at him from the outside, it certainly seems like a case of Joe Brady and Dave Aranda doing all the real coaching uh, two years ago when they won the title. Because, uh, and then he made some poor hire, uh, assistant coach hires, and that kind of that doomed him. But again, who is LSU going to go get? I think I've heard a lot more rumors about Aranda in the, in the past couple of days, who I think would be a, a good hire for them. What do you think? Who, who's on your short list for LSU? I mean, Aranda's the guy, but where's he at now? He's Baylor, coach of Baylor and doing a hell of a job. I mean, LSU's a better job than Baylor, but of course, I mean, <laughs> of course, James Franklin's in the mix too. I don't know no, why. James, why would James Franklin, James Franklin, why would he go from Penn State to LSU? I don't know. There's only one reason he would do that, and that reason is money. And you got to figure Penn State can step up and match whatever LSU is going to offer him. He's already one of the highest paid coaches in the, in the country. And I, I have a feeling Penn State could throw a few more million at him if LSU comes calling. Now, I could see why he would might, might want to go to USC, right? There's that whole Hollywood thing. There's probably an easier path to win the national championship at USC, whereas there is not at LSU. Right. Um, and it also seems like his personality would mesh maybe a little better uh, at USC than it would down at LSU. So I, I don't really understand that one. Anyway, <laughs> the whole Coach O thing is so bizarre. There's been yeah. many stories about this whole thing. <laughs> Go read about it. It's crazy. Um, Mike, we don't want to dive into politics. <laughs> we never do. We, this is a politics-free zone. But unfortunately, every now and then, there is an intersection of politics and college football. So go ahead. I know what you're going to talk about. Nick Rolovich. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's like, okay, whatever, with the vaccines. But this guy basically quit a $3.5 million job because he wouldn't get his vaccine. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I can't, uh, I, don't I, can't I, don't I can't, be, I can't begin to guess what goes through someone's head who gives up $3.1 million be, to not get the vaccine. I mean, I can't even really guess, tell you what goes through anyone's head to who wouldn't get the vaccine for free. I mean, I would, I obviously <laughs> didn't receive no compensation. I was quite excited to get it. Uh, so I can't, I can't speak to what would, what would, have him you know but what's you know what's a shame about this whole thing is washington state's been playing pretty well this year they have they've won they've won three games in a year and he, in a row he he was a, did a good job at hawaii things seem to be working out there in pullman and uh he he's kind of led his entire 
coaching staff, all the fans, and of course, all his players down with this, this decision of his that he is uh, uh, framing as a moral and uh, quote religious one. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. But uh, we'll just say that neither you or I, nor I, Tim would turn down $3.1 million to get the vaccine. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, minor issue here, Mike, Conference USA is dead. Because yeah, it's it's AAC it's season, it's on life support for sure. Yeah, the AAC is expanding. Good for them, but this is another uh, tragedy of the ongoing restructure of college football, right? Yeah, and then the Sun Belt. So this is what this is all a domino effect, of course, from Oklahoma and Texas leaving. Then everyone goes and raids the conference related, just like one below them, right? So the. The Big 12 got these teams from the uh, AAC. The AAC, AAC goes and gets these teams from Conference USA. Sunbelt's going to pick up the rest of the scraps. Among the, the uh, rumors I read, though, uh, if the Sunbelt, both the Sunbelt and Conference USA, if they can cobble things back together, considering James Madison moving up into uh, the FBS level, which would be very cool. They've had a great 1AA program for many years, and uh, – I've, I've seen that I've Toja their stadium on the way down to Blacksburg and they have a, a proud program there. I think that would be kind of neat if they moved up, but uh, yeah, this is the same thing happened uh, not with the mountain West, but there was another conference out West that really just kind of imploded during, uh, during the, the um, conference realignment. Uh, the last time we went through it about 10 years ago, and seems that's what's going to happen at conference USA. Mike games of the week. Ready? Let's do it. This one is going to be a rough one. Number two, Cincinnati at Navy noon, ESPN two. Now, I, for some inexplicable reason, <laughs> have think that the middies have a chance to keep this one close. No, it's a new, it, it's a noon start. They they have their offense right. Their offense has not been good, but they play their off. They play their style of offense. I still think Cincinnati will win, but I would take Navy plus the twenty eight. Uh, Mike, for our listeners who have not been to Annapolis, which I think is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, explain Annapolis, like what, what the charms are of this like beautiful little city. Cobblestone streets, you know, that were laid out in the early 1700s. It has America's oldest state house where George Washington resigned his uh, army post. Beautiful. And you can walk. Yeah, you can walk right in it. It has the, the Naval Academy, which is one of the most gorgeous campuses uh, you'll see anywhere right on the banks of the Severn River. Uh, little little pubs everywhere with live music. Uh, it's, it, it is. It's just a, a, a charming, beautiful place to go. Lots of good restaurants. Uh, a small town, though, not overwhelming in any, in any stretch of the, of the imagination. Relatively safe uh, place to live. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful Beautiful place to be. It's a little on the expensive side to live there, of course, um, as most great places are. But I'd highly encourage anyone who's never been there to go. Also, wherever you are in Annapolis, you're always near the water, right? Yeah, the water is is all around you. Yes, it's it's great. Uh, Mike, was unranked Wisconsin at number twenty five, Purdue, three p.m. BTN. This is like a recipe for what? Wisconsin 41, Purdue 17. It's funny you say that because I was going to ask you to guess the spread. <laughs> what is it? 
uh, Wisconsin favored by three over uh, on the road against the ranked Boilermakers. Yes, this game. Well, I, I would see. I would say. I'd say this game is more of a Wisconsin twenty-one Purdue six type of uh, type of score written over it. But yeah, this th- it, it seems to have Wisconsin written all over it, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, and why, Tim? Tim, why three and not three thirty for the kick time? Very I odd. The same question. I'm I'm confused. Yeah, I'm very confused. Um, number eight, Okie State <laughs> at Iowa State at Jack Trice Stadium, Mike. Three thirty, ABC. What do you think? Are you going to plead with all of us to watch this this game as well, and then that you you yourself not watch it? This is homework, yes. Okay. Well, you better be glued to your TV screen at 3.30. Uh, Okie State, seven point under the the eighth-ranked team in the country, undefeated seven-point underdogs to Iowa State. Are you serious? Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy to me, but uh, Vegas knows what they're talking about, so I'd take uh, take the Cyclones in this one. This one, to me, is fascinating. Number 10, Oregon at UCLA, 3.30 ABC. What's the line here, Mike? Uh, the line is UCLA favored by two. It's interesting, right? It is. It is. And I, one thing I heard about game day, of course, game day will be there. But I think for the first time, they're actually going to be on the UCLA campus and not at the Rose Bowl. And, of course, the, those two places are very, very far apart, which has always been a major problem for UCLA football. It takes like an hour plus to get from campus to the Rose Bowl. It'll be interesting scene to see how many UCLA students show up to, to game day at uh, 6 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, I thought it was uh, kind of odd that they went out there, but it should be an interesting game at, for one of the 330ers. Uh, Bruins favored by two. Oregon still, in my opinion, still has their, their uh, playoff hopes alive. Mike, the atmosphere here will be very interesting. How about LSU unranked at number 12 Ole Miss 330 CBS? What a, what a game this would be to be at the uh, at the Grove, huh? With LSU, the LSU fans traveling to the Grove, oh. that, that awesome game. Ole Miss nine point favorites, and boy, they their their offensive performance against Tennessee. Matt Corral, one hundred ninety five yards rushing last week against Tennessee. Uh, incredible job by him. You're right. Would be a that that will be a fun game. A lot of good three thirties on this week. <laughs> Speaking of which, how about this unranked Clemson? Unranked Clemson at number 23, Pitt, Mike. 330. First time, first time ever that Clemson will be playing in Pitt. And, you know, you, you made a comment a couple podcasts ago about how you'd love to see Clemson just go play like uh, Wisconsin Iowa. or something. <laughs> Iowa, right, right. Well, this is, this is as close as you're going to get probably. Clemson going into Pittsburgh, playing in an NFL stadium underneath the overpasses of where we once tailgated for a Rutgers pit game. Uh, I think uh, noted listener Doc Christie will be making the trip up there to see uh, his beloved Tigers take on the Panthers. Pitt, a three-point favorite. The quest, My question is Clemson, who just dodged another bullet last week against Syracuse, lucky to win in the Carrier Dome, as everybody is. Uh, they seem to score 17 points every week, right? It, with Kenny Pickett in that high-powered Pitt offense, Will 17 be enough? You don't think so. So uh, that will be one to watch as well. This next game, Mike, to me is like emblematic of the new Big Ten. How about 
Maryland at Minnesota, three thirty. <laughs> yes, oh God! <laughs> Minnesota, Minnesota coming off a win over poor Nebraska. You know, Scott Frost was getting a little traction. You were hearing everywhere that the the Huskers were playing better. They just weren't winning. Then they go and lose to Minnesota, and you really the defenders have nothing to say about that. Minnesota five point favorite over the Terps. Uh, you just have the feeling with Maryland this year that it's the same old Maryland. You know, they win their first couple games, uh, beat some patsies in non-conference, maybe win one conference game. And then once they get to the meat of the schedule, they just start getting annihilated as they have been against Iowa and Ohio State. So if it's going to be a six or seven win season for Maryland, they have to have this one. Um, Mike, is Maryland and Minnesota the same thing? Is you mean program wise? Yes, uh, I would say Minnesota's a, a notch above Maryland in terms of uh football program at this point. One, they're in the much better division for them, I mean, the much easier division, which, <laughs> which that's very, very lucky for them. Also, they have a nicer stadium. Uh, I've tozered their stadium, uh, it's it's gorgeous, it's right on campus, it's brand new. Bird Stadium, not not a bad stadium, also right on campus, not a bad stadium at all, but getting a little old at this point um they're very they're very close programs that's for sure number five ohio state at indiana mike uh, 30 p.m. I, I fear this one it, i fear this one it's going to be a sellout with uh, let's just say conservatively more than half uh, ohio state fans buckeyes 21 point favorites iu at this point is really re- they're reeling um I'm not sure if Penix will play. They actually, he hasn't played well, but they really do need him. The backup Tuttle just does not have the talent that Penix has. Um, our defense had played pretty well uh, across, you know, over the course of this season, but Ohio State's offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. And uh, I just don't see how Indiana is going to score enough to even keep up with the Buckeyes. 21 points. Uh, it was the same spread that in Ohio State was favored by over Maryland. I thought it was a lock for Ohio State. And if forced, I would take the Buckeyes this week, minus the three touchdowns as well. How about unranked USC at number 13, Notre Dame, 730 NBC? Again, I've told you before, Mike, I, I, I don't buy this as a rivalry, actually. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it, 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 be that as it may, can you remember one of these games with less buzz than this one? <laughs> no i mean notre dame a six and a half point favorite usc has been just trying to play out the schedule since the second week yeah, that's what it seems like uh notre dame again you know cincinnati will be watching this one with uh with an interesting eye because they really need the irish to keep to, to keep winning so seven thirty kick irish favorite by six and a half I'd, I'd take notre dame mike locks of the week last week were what Timmy, I was back in the win column uh, with one of my most obvious locks of the week. I took Bama minus 17. They won by 40. And I took my own advice when I was at the sports book and loaded up on Bama. Uh, so way to go me. I upped my record to three and four. Tim, you took the Texas-Oklahoma State over <laughs> 60, and you fell just short. It went under. You are two and five. Bobby hit the bumper. Tim, for this week's lock of the week, we will go to one of the most prettiest stadium sites and venues in all of America, and that is West in West Point, New York, Mikey Stadium, home of the Army Cadets. The third Saturday 
in October. I can't imagine a more beautiful setting for a football game than at West Point. Wake Forest, mighty Wake Forest, undefeated ranked 16th of the country, comes in to play Army. It's a very, very good Army team that's coming off a, a six-point loss at Madison, um, at uh, Wisconsin. They're four and two on the season, and I just have a feeling it's a weird out-of-conference game. Uh, kicks off at noon. Wake favored by three and a half. I'm going to take Army plus three and a half. Level of confidence, Mike. You know, inexplicably, I'm going to give it a seven. I've just liked this one all week, and I just, uh, I'm a fan of Army this week. And I just, I can't stress to you how nice it's going to be on the third Saturday in Oklahoma at West Point. What's the line on OSU Indiana, Mike? The Buckeyes are favored by 21. I'll take it. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a good bet. That is a good bet. I'd be surprised if IU can hold, uh, hold it within 21. By the way, Tim, how far via train is West Point from Philadelphia? Um, well, it's like an hour and a half to Penn Station in New York. And then so it's probably, that's probably two. Yeah, probably probably two and a half hours. And I think it's about when we we actually when I was there, I actually took the train from Baltimore up to uh, Penn Station and then transferred and, and took it to West Point. That would be worth it for you and Jack to do it one one of these years. I mean, I think that would be worth it. Uh, to go see Mikey Stadium uh, and and West Point, it's it's uh, it's almost a bucket list type of situation there. So, explain to the audience like what Mikey Stadium is. It, it's I don't know what the capacity is. May, if I had to guess, thirty five thousand, maybe forty thousand. It's a, it's a mid sized stadium. It is right on the 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 river there. I believe it's the Hudson. Yeah, right in the middle of the of the of West Point, which is just glory in all its fall glory with the, the, the leaves turning the leaves turning and there are trees everywhere it's rolling it's a beautiful piece of land and then uh you 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 factor in the gorgeous buildings the history everywhere they have you know cemeteries where all these very very famous generals norman schwarzkopf among them are are buried and you, you you can feel the history everywhere and of course the entire core of cadets uh is in are in their are in their dress best and they're all there at the game and and uh it was just a it was a it was a magical moment when i went they were play they played western kentucky the year western kentucky was coached by bob petrino and it was a very close game wku did pull it out but the fans were really really into it and it just it, it felt it, it had a, a level of purity that uh you don't see very often in college football very nice uh mike you're plans this weekend or what well noted listener and my college buddy from iu uh pitts is coming up this weekend and uh we are going to watch a ton of football drink a ton of beer i'm going to show him and i think he's bringing another buddy as well good friend a friend of his named jeff coming up and so i'll show him baltimore we're going to be eating drinking and watching football in numerous neighborhoods and then uh both days probably ending up in my basement watching the multiple screens. And on Saturday, I'm going to smoke a pork butt. <laughs> Sounds great, Mike. All right. <laughs> it is. It's going to be. What about you? Are you going to be relaxed by the weekend? I hope so, Mike. I hope so. <laughs> a couple yeah. more trulies and a working phone will help. Yes. All right. There's one thing to say, Mike. Pachas. Pachas. Thank you.
for listening to the TCFN Podcast. For more college football news and wit, visit intelligentcollegefootball.com.